you can totally do this. You have to pause and ask yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself here? And more importantly, is that story true? We don't want the thing. We think we want the thing, but what we really want is the feeling we think the thing is gonna give us. It is that simple. It is that complicated. It is so much easier than you think it's gonna be. Clarity in what you want, confidence in who you are, and the courage to stay true to both. This is To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) Okay. Hello and welcome back. First of all, my sweetheart, let's just take a really, really deep breath together. It has been a challenging couple of weeks, to say the least. And one of the most grounding things you can do is one of the simplest and easiest things you can do too. And that is just to pause and remind yourself to breathe, especially because I know you are a very good human citizen who is practicing social distancing and is able to breathe in a way that you are not inhaling anybody else around you. Um, listen, I am recording a special episode just for you, just for this moment, just for this global climate and context, because it's the right thing to do. I have a unique set of skills as a mindset coach, um, to help people weather this storm. And I know that people right now need mindset coaching, like more than anything else other than food, let's say, or toilet paper as the case may be. And yet nobody seems to be hoarding mindset coaching. People seem to be dwelling in this fucking state of fear. And frankly, it's making me really mad. You always have a choice at every single step of your life. And that choice is how you personally and you specifically choose to respond to anything, anything no matter how good it is, no matter how bad it is, the choice as to how to respond is always 100% within your control. There is a propensity to do what is easiest though. And what is easiest right now is start scrambling around, start chasing our tails, start feeding the 24-hour news cycle beast And perpetuating that fear in our families, in our friendships, in our communities by continuously talking about the shit that you've heard. And if you are here sharing this airspace with me right now, I am just going to politely ask you to stop. This does not serve anybody. What does serve somebody, even if you are spreading this information as like in a very, from a where, let me try that again. Even if you are spreading this information with the intention that you want to help your friends and family, that you want to help share the information to keep people protected and well, it tends to do the opposite because what it does is keep us uh, amped up in this state of fear. And when we're amped up in a state of fear, we are continuously pumping out adrenaline. When we are continuously pumping out adrenaline, it changes our physiology and it actually makes us more susceptible to getting sick. 
So if you really want to do something that's good for your friends and family and community, for the love of God, stop bloody um, sharing messages of doom and gloom and fear. And instead, this is sorry, this is like such an aggressive podcast and it's not my usual style, but that's how important this shit is. You know, this is how nutritionists must feel if they're like, listen, guys, all you have to do is eat the rainbow and you're going to feel better. Go out and move for 30 minutes a day and you're going to feel amazing. Then you get people like me who are like, yeah, but it's just easier to go to the drive through for breakfast. It's like, well, fuck, do you want to feel good or do you want to feel like shit? It's your fucking choice. And again, I'm sorry for like the super dramatic language and the aggressive tone here, but this is the same case. Do you want to feel good or do you want to continue to feel like shit? Do you want to keep feeling anxious? Do you want to feel like your world is falling apart? Do you want to feel like the sky is falling? If you want to feel like that, it honestly do your thing. Like that's your choice. But I have a feeling that you're better than that. And I have a feeling that you want better for that, better than that. And I also have a feeling that you want to share those better messages and that deeper level of compassion and service with your own uh, community and your own relationships. So you, my baby, baby, baby are in the right place because today we are talking about my top three and I got like 103, but I've whittled it down to a, a top three of how to use my best mindset practices to weather this global pandemic. People love bite-sized things. And as I said, I've got, like, I could talk about this ad nauseum, but it's right now, right here, that we need to be very clear about this. So I've got a list of three for you. And my top three practices, mindset practices to weather this global pandemic are, one, limit your exposure, both physically and emotionally. Two, trust that there will be healing here. And three, to constantly choose love over fear. So... I'm going to go through them, of course, as you know. Um, Number one, limit your exposure. I mean, there are like so many layers to this. One, obviously, you know the physical side of this. It's It's being passed around like crazy, right? Like social distancing, stay home, join the stay home club, keep yourself as far removed from other people as possible so that we do not perpetuate the growth of this virus, but rather that we keep it so contained. And in doing so, we have this like herd mentality to protect our brothers and sisters, that when we stay home, we are reducing the chance dramatically of spreading this virus. So yes, you're limiting your exposure already physically. But what we're not talking about yet is limiting your exposure emotionally and mentally. Here's what you need to do. The number one thing, if you can take one thing away from this, from a mindset perspective, you have to be conscious in choosing your content. Write that down, tweet it out, share the fuck out of it on Instagram, but underline it and say it to yourself over and over again. You have to be conscious in choosing your content. The media, social media, traditional media, whatever kind of media, people have <laughs> I do this. Oh, people have an agenda. So yes, part of the agenda is to share information, one billion percent, present company included. The other part of that agenda is to drive numbers and to drive engagement. Present company included. 
when you have a brand like mine, I want to share all the information and I want to keep my engagement going in a way that is positive and full of integrity, integrity, and that is optimistic and realistic and lifestyle friendly. I do that with intention. I don't do that by accident or by chance. I do that very, very specifically because it aligns with my own professional and personal mission on this planet and because I think it's the right thing to do. There are many, many, many far less intentioned people than I in the world who are feeding the hype and feeding the beast to drive their own engagement and their own ratings and their own numbers in a way that they know is inciting panic and they are capitalizing from it. I would really like to see photos of grocery stores right now, like the town where I live, or the town in which I live, where the shelves are pretty full, where the people are pretty nice, where everybody is treating each other with kindness and letting them go ahead and letting them have, you know, this bag of rice or whatever it is. Because I tell you, that has been my experience. That is what I am witnessing. Are lineups long? Yes. Are people getting irate? No. I've been talking to the cashiers being like, how are you doing? Like, how is this going? How are people treating you? And everybody's saying, you know, for the most part, people have been pretty good. That's not very sexy news and nobody is reporting it. It's a lot sexier to go into a store in downtown Toronto and see shelves that have been wiped clean, right? That that does a very specific job and serves a very unique purpose. And that purpose is not necessarily healthy. So if you know that that's already happening, you, you can't necessarily control what is kind of like how the 24-hour news cycle came to be. If you can't control the hype, you can control how you react to it. And when I say limit your exposure, what I'm really saying is turn it off. Step away. Stop scrolling. Stop searching. Stop participating in conversations that are centered around, well, I heard, well, I read, well, did you see, did you know? Stop. I promise you, you are going to get the information you need when you need it. And in the meantime, what you need to do is lay the fuck low and stay the fuck home as often as you possibly can and wash your hands. Support people in the way that you can support people over the phone or online or by ordering your groceries online or minimizing contact or whatever whatever it is to your unique situation. While you are limiting your exposure physically, you have to wa- limit your exposure emotionally and um uh, and mentally, you know, I'm just trying to think of an example, an analogy in my head that like, we are being told to wash our hands, wash our hands, wash our hands. Yes. Wash your hands. And also like wash your brain, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Wash your brain, sanitize your brain. Every time you see something that is really scary and uncomfortable, step away and wash your brain, sanitize your brain. And that brings me to my next point. Mindset practice number two to weather a global pandemic is trust that there will be healing here. And this might make you very uncomfortable because sometimes it sounds like it's a very functionalist model. I need you to zoom out for a minute and I need you to to almost look up. I want you to think of a time in your recent history when you remember feeling sick. I want you to remember a time in your past when you can remember having a fever or having the chills or the flu. 
And I want even a cut on your hand, let's say any kind of cut or injury to your body. I want you to remember what that feels like immediately, because what it feels like is hot, tender, and almost swollen. And if you know anything about biology, you know that this is the natural response on a biological level. When there is an injury or an illness or a virus or ailment, our body's natural defense is programmed to rush to the scene of that illness or that ailment or that virus. And we are programmed to send out these little white blood cells. And for my kids, I always call them the white knights that like, I imagine when somebody gets a scratch and then, you know, you get like kind of inflamed, not a scratch. I'm talking about more than like a scratch, not a, but you know that even if you get a paper cut, you get that instant like heat surrounding, surrounding that tiny paper cut and it's tender and it's sensitive and it really, it's kind of swollen or inflamed. And I always tell my kids that that is your defense system sending out all the white knights, which are really these white blood cells that rush to the scene of the crime and help rebuild it. They help to heal it. That's fact. You know, that's fact. You've experienced that in your own life. When you zoom out and allow yourself to look up and allow yourself to see things from a bigger picture, I need you to dig deep and trust that this virus, this illness, this social ailment we are experiencing right now, this panic, this fear, there will be healing here. You know, I can tell you from every difficult experience in my life that the scarier it was the more I learned and the stronger I became, the more healed, the more whole I was as a person after having gone through that experience. You know, they say that your greatest enemy is often your greatest teacher. The people who have been the worst to me in my life over and over again are the people from whom I have learned the most valuable lessons. Last year, like literally one calendar year ago, when I was facing breast cancer and I thought my life was over. Oh man, I thought it was over. And you know, the thought of losing my hair, the thought of losing my breasts, the thought of being in chemo for four months, it was like, it was so much. It was so scary. And a year later, I am living proof. I am a testament to what a powerful and healing teacher, cancer, and all of the cancer treatment was for me. I would not be the person I am today in this moment had it not been for that experience. That experience scared the fuck out of me. Divorce scared the shit out of me. And still, having gone through all of the crap that I went through in divorce, I would not be sitting here as the person that I am, as the woman that I am, sharing what I share with you, had I not gone through each and every one of those terrifying and painfully difficult experiences. So I need you to suspend the fear, and I need you to suspend the doomsday stuff and really, really teach yourself to dig down and trust that just like in your own life, 
and in your own very difficult experiences, this too is going to teach us so many lessons. There is going to be healing here. We are going to learn so much about this from a systems level, from an economic level, from a sociological and psychological and community level. You have to realize that, you know, the virus is here. It is what it is. We are all doing what we can, hopefully, by staying home and isolating and laying low and, you know, not disseminating false information or not participating in really scary information. We're all doing what we can. And when this is done, we are going to learn so much from this experience, period. You already know this in your own life. I know that and you know that. You have to have the faith and have the trust that this will be no exception. This will ultimately, no matter how hard it is, this will ultimately move us forward as a global community. And that is very healing. That is very purposeful. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Yeah, possibly. And I would even say probably. Because as with any kind of adversity, it is a growing pain. It is uncomfortable, it is unknown, and it can feel scary. If we focus on the outcome as a foregone conclusion that we are going to figure our shit out and work together as a global community to ride this out, if you start with that as your conclusion, you can work back to now and be like, okay, I don't know when this stops being uncomfortable, but I know that ultimately, and I believe ultimately, that there is an end point where things get easy again and things get comfortable again. And if you know that there's already an ending, then it's okay for you to lift some of that fear in this moment and and kind of go through day by day doing what it takes. Um, I recently watched the movie, this such a beautiful movie with Will Smith. Uh, the pursuit of happiness. I had never seen it before. And I was watching it <laughs> basically crying the entire movie. Um, and I was thinking, if you don't know the story, it's like a very rags to riches story. And Will Smith as plays this true story. He plays this man who becomes a multimillionaire, a financier. Um, but to get there, he experiences nothing but hardship. And I was thinking, you know, it's moments like that in our own life that we see the happy ending when we're watching a movie, reading a book, looking at a success story on Instagram, whatever it is, watching a biography, documentary. I love it. You see the end point. What you don't see is the stuff in between. And what you don't see in between is the struggle. And I was thinking, and some, I, I wish I could remember his name. I think it's Chris, maybe Gardner, but I don't really remember. Um, my bad. Um, but the, the man, this story, this movie is based on, had somebody told him like, dude, in a month or two or in a year or two, you're going to be like a multimillionaire. You're going to be a very, very successful man who has impact on the world. Here's the catch. In order to get there, you're going to have to sleep in a homeless shelter with your son for a month. When you know the outcome, it's like, okay, I think I can do that. It's when you're in it, when you're in the homeless shelter, when you're in the unknown, when you when you're in the fear that seems like it has no ending, that's when your brain cannot compute because it doesn't know how to keep you safe, so it just keeps you on high alert all the time. So instead, the mindset shift here 
is to trust that there's going to be healing here. Trust that this has an end date. And when that end date comes, it's going to be easy again. This takes discipline. It works in conjunction with limiting your exposure to negativity and toxic messaging and fear mongering. They have to go together so that um, you can trust the process and you're going to have to probably shut certain information and possibly even certain people out of your life right now to make that happen. But I implore you to make it happen. Um, this also works in conjunction with the third mindset practice to weather a global pandemic. And that is to continuously choose love over fear. And here's what that means. When you strip it down, when you strip our emotional body down, there are basically only two emotions, you know, anger, jealousy, resentment, sadness to a certain degree. Um, it, that is all a different mask worn by fear. So when you strip it all down, that's all fear. The opposite of that is love, happiness, joy, gratitude, sharing, compassion, acceptance. All of that is rooted in love. So those are all just these little masks that the feeling of love, the energy of love wears. Really, and this gets a little bit more meta than I might even be comfortable about getting into, but really love and fear are two sides of the same coin because honestly, fear is purely the absence of love. You know, let's say, and I'm, I don't know, again, I always use relationships as an example because they're so easy. Let's say you really deeply desire partnership. Like you deeply desire this kind of true love in a partner. The opposite of that, because you love it so much and you want it so badly, the opposite of that is the fear that I am terrified this will never happen. I'm afraid I'll never be good enough to make this happen. What you're really feeling is just the absence of love. So you can shift your perspective back into love so that the fear melts away. And that is done with a lot of, a lot of um, belief and trust and faith. But ultimately, the shift is shifting back into love. That you choose love, you choose hope and optimism instead of choosing the fear of, oh my gosh, what would happen if I didn't get it? You can apply that to anything in your life. Think about what you're most afraid of. Chances are it's the opposite of what you most desire. So let's use health, for example. You know, um, if you love being healthy and want to have a long life, that's what you want, right? That is what, that's what brings you joy. That's what you really want in your life and what you love to have. The opposite of that is the absence of that. So you start to fear what it would be like if you did not have your health. You start to fear what it would be like if your life were to be cut short, Yes, that is a manifestation of fear. And what that fear really is, is a vacuum or an absence of love. So again, you and you alone have to shift back into that frequency of love and trust and hope and and dwell in that space instead of dwelling in the absence of that, which is fear. One of my most valuable resources that I have definitely shared with you here on the podcast before, and I unequivocally share with every single client that I work with, both privately and in a group, is these six magic words to cut to the heart of the shit of what is going on in your head right now. And that is, the story I'm telling myself is, when you start to feel that really painful emotion, that really overwhelming emotion of fear and anxiety... You have to, you have to pause and be like, what is the story I'm telling myself here? Or the story I'm telling myself is, 
and fill in that blank. You know, fill in that blank. Well, the world's going to end. Okay, now go deeper with it. The story I'm telling myself is I'm going to be cut off from the people that I love. Okay, go deeper with it. The story I'm telling myself is, you know, the economy is going to tank or whatever it is that, that that you're afraid of. Keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And ultimately what you'll come down to is your primal fear, your most basic fear. And then you can ask yourself an even more powerful question. And that is, is that story true? When you have the conscious discipline to to challenge those thoughts and challenge those beliefs, you engage a different part of your brain that and which engages different chemicals in your body, which changes your physiological state, which changes your behavior. And that is to actually say, like, hang on a second, is this story true? Um, no, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to afraid I won't be loved. I'm going to be afraid. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be cut off from people. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Is that story true? Well, no, because we can see many, many examples happening already in our real lives of how this is not true. We've had viruses before we've had pandemics before we can go back and look at some of the more recent statistics like swine flu and like SARS. We actually have measurable physical data that helps us predict what this is going to look like in all of those physical manifestations in our world, right? That helps to dispel the fear. But again, this is a choice. And as I mentioned earlier, it's easier just to get swept away in this like giant wave of panic than it is to be like, well, hang on a second, hang on a second. Maybe there's another option here. In by no means or under no circumstances am I suggesting you dismiss any of the real information that's happening here. You know, like, again, it is what it is. This virus is here. It is affecting a lot of people and it's spreading really quickly. So that scientific evidence of like the best thing you can do is to stay home and to wash your hands regularly or carry hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer with you so that if you know, you do have to go out for some reason to get food or gas, whatever it is, you already are protecting yourself, right? You have to do that. That is the right thing to do. Um, the other or another right thing to do is share, you know, if you do have to go to the grocery store, get what you need, get what you need. Yeah, sure. Maybe grab some extra water. I don't understand the toilet paper thing, but you know, stock up on things that you need that maybe will even keep you safe for like a week, right? If you worst comes to worst, you actually can't leave the house for a week, get what you need, but you don't have to go crazy about it. You don't have to get like 75 pounds of potatoes and a 20 pound bag of rice just in case you don't have to do it. What you have to do is make sure that everybody does have enough because it's everybody having enough that ultimately helps us all heal. Because if somebody doesn't have enough, guess what? That populates their um, physical presence at food banks and at hospitals, and that increases the chance of everybody else getting sick. So like, there's some, there's some rational practicality here that you need to follow. But ultimately what I'm saying in this last point, this last mindset practice, is to constantly choose love over fear. And a great tool to get you there is to ask, what is the story I'm telling myself here? And is that story true? Here's what I know. People are amazing and people are resilient. I know that necessity is the mother of all invention. And I know that introspection and self-reflection, time spent away from the fray, is always, always valuable to the human spirit. 
I believe in us. I believe in what we can do. I believe in our ability to rise the fuck up. So I am asking you right here, right now, to rise up. You get to choose your response through all of this, all of it. That's completely within your control. And I hope that part of what you will do is choose to shift your mindset. I have opened up so many opportunities for people to work with me at like a a ridiculously lowered rate to make it more affordable and accessible to people in times of economic stress. I'm doing like $99 comfort calls where we just talk for an hour and I can help coach you through some stuff. We can help trace some of the roots of your anxiety and use NLP release techniques to actually release it from your person. This is so valuable for $99. You honestly can't afford not to do this because the wisdom you will gain from 60 minutes on the phone together is actually invaluable. I am offering a drop-in video chat by Zoom for 49 bucks. That is that same thing, but on a group call. So it's more of like like-minded people in our online community coming together, share space, you know, talk about what they're afraid of. I can help dispel that. We can help get um, that feeling of being held in this space by our, our peers, our global peers. It's really magical. I'm going to do that every Wednesday at noon. You just have to message me for either of those things um, to get to get in because then we can talk about payment and then I can send you the the actual link or get your phone number, whatever it is. Um, you know, this podcast is a great resource. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Please, please, please share it with your friends so that they and your communities too, so they have access to the same information that you have access to, which is almost like this is kind of flattening the emotional curve, right? Like the emotional wellness curve of keeping everybody feeling mentally and emotionally safe right now. You can play an active role in that. So I would like, yay, 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 be over the moon if you could just like share this information on all of your social channels. Um, If you pop over to my YouTube page, I'm going to link all this stuff in the show notes for you. But um, if you pop over to YouTube, I also have a guided meditation. I have a, um, a facilitated EFT tapping release technique. All of this stuff I am sharing, not for me. I already know how to do this. I have, I know how to do this. I am sharing this so I can help teach you how to do this. And in doing so, how you can help, you know, nurture your own community. This works. This takes um, how, how do I want to say this? This takes inspired action. That's what we're talking about here is taking inspired action, making the difficult choices to do maybe the things that aren't as conventional or popular and doing them anyway, because they're the right thing to do. I believe in you. I believe in us. I believe that we can rise up and I believe that moment starts right here, right now. So thank you so much for being here. Prepare for your future, but ultimately you have to live in the now. It's fascinating when you just focus on, you know, imagining what the highest version of yourself would do, and then you start to act as if you already are that person, you can watch it transform your behavior right now. We did it. (laughs) Let's go get some tacos.